Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service, and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com slash fedcontracts. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front. I'm Baxter Colburn, joined by my good friend Simon Provan. Simon, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome today. How are you? I am doing awesome. The Revolution did not lose. I am thrilled by that, and neither did the Timbers, right? No, but they got another draw, so once again, First team to 34 points gets to the playoffs, right, in the West? Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. The Revolution has yet to still score a goal. But big news, Jermaine Jones is back. Thank the Lord. Yeah. I am so excited Jermaine Jones is back for the New England Revolution. We're going to get into MLS talk a little bit later on in the show. But we have an exciting uh, first for our show. We have our hometown spotlight. Uh, Simon was nice enough to reach out to some of his good friends in the community. And got a few, we've got our first official guest on the show, Simon. Tell us a little bit about who's coming on before we bring him in. Sure, sure. I, I'm going to let them do most of the talking, but we've got... Big wigs here from the Wisconsin Sports Group. We have Allison Phillips, who's the senior VP, and Everton, who's the VP of Business Development. And then we have Brian Ben here as well, who's the Director of Public Relations. He's not going to say much. He's just taking pictures in the background. Hey, the photographers are important. You can't deny the photographers. You would not have the sports world, as it were, if it were not for photographers. Absolutely. So they all play a crucial role. But with that, I will turn it over to you, Simon, and I will welcome in Allison and Everton. So right. welcome to the show, both of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we got, uh, like I said, Allison Phillips and Everton here. Everton's from Brazil. Allison's from Franklin, <laughs> Wisconsin. There's nothing wrong with Franklin. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing at all. Uh, Allison and I have actually known each other for quite a few years. We went to undergrad together. Everton, this is our first time meeting, so or we think maybe our second time. Uh, it could be a second time. Uh, you look very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got, he's got a face that's hard to forget. <laughs> I've tried to forget for years. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, enough about me. <laughs> Wisconsin Sports Group. What is Wisconsin Sports Group all about? Well, basically, um, it is Everton, myself, and Keith Tozer, who was the head coach of the Milwaukee Wave for 21 years. Um, all of us worked at the Wave last year, and with the new ownership and stuff, um, all of us kind of went our own ways and then rejoined forces. And what we decided to do is bring futsal, uh, beach soccer, outdoor soccer, um, a little bit of everything into one group because, and I don't know what you guys all know, and not to talk about it, but Keith Tozer is the U.S. national head coach of futsal, and he's been trying to push futsal years and years and years and years. So before the PFL, which now he's the commissioner, um, he wanted to really get futsal here in Wisconsin and Milwaukee, and 
Mr. Brazilian. <laughs> Everton is uh, very good at futsal as you well. You can't have so. futsal without the Brazilians. Exactly. So it it exactly. makes perfect sense that you'd bring in an we, expert. We did right. not right. invent it, but we took it over. You perfected yeah. it. Yeah, we perfected yeah. Exactly. Yes, yes. And PFL, of course, stands for Professional Futsal League. Has the league officially been launched? or is It that has. It starts in, well, it officially starts in November 2016, but we all, Everton, myself, and Keith were all just down in Dallas two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And Everton played on the USA team. Oh, and yeah. we uh, Barcelona <laughs> and Mexico were also there. Yeah. And basically, it, uh, we played down in Dallas um, at the Dr. Pepper Arena and sold out pretty well. Yeah, it was wow. a great environment. Uh, for the first game, you know, ever, for the first game ever played, a uh, futsal professional game in the United States, uh, we had like a 5,200 people watching the game. Holy cow. Wow. It, was, it was a great environment, uh, great game. Uh, unfortunately, we lost to Barcelona, but actually it was a, was a good game because, you know, it, it's a combined. So it was, you know, there were players that never saw each other ever. We had three days to prepare for the Barcelona <laughs> games, and we lost four to three. Oh wow! You know, so that's not bad. That's not bad at it's all. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you consider like the outdoor teams, the senior national team. They're getting together two weeks, sometimes a month, in advance. to prep yeah. before Correct. their games. Yeah. So I mean, it, it was a great game against Barcelona. Then Barcelona played against Mexico. They won as well, and then we played against Mexico uh, in a, in a great facility as well. We were playing in a in a bar called Gillies, right? Uh, yeah, they did an outdoor outdoor. Um, events so that people can see how futsal can be outside and inside how easy it is to put the snap court down um kind of put it everywhere because that's one big thing that we're doing as well as yes yeah, so it was a, it was a here. futsal outdoor so people you know didn't have the excuse to you know it was a, a warm day yeah they didn't have the excuse to not to want to be inside so they were outside enjoying their beverages everything whatever it was <laughs> and we were like a, a playing great play a great game against mexico and we won seven to three. Oh wow so okay. it was, it was nice. a great event great weekend you know there was a lot of people in there you know bright people that trying to you know get behind and support the pfl and we are sure that that's going to happen it's going to be great now, as the league continues uh, to grow, what is your, your main goal for how many teams you look to have on a national level? For the PFL? Yes. I think the goal is 32. 32, 32 teams, teams right okay, now. Spread which, across the country. Yeah, which, I mean, just being there, there are a lot of investors, a lot of different people, and, and you know, I'm sure um, at some point, Keith Tozer would love to come and talk about this because he knows it better than I do. Sure, for sure. Yeah, sure. and I'm sure, but he, I think 32 is, is what the... The ultimate goal is. Yeah. Do you have a, a general target area? I know for Major League Soccer, the West and East Coast are the, the hot topics, obviously, for where they're trying to play professional soccer. Do you guys have a specific market, or you just kind of want to spread it up? Going everywhere, baby. Coverage? Going <laughs> everywhere. Good. Which is good. And with futsal, you can kind of get away with that, too. You can put it in semi-smaller markets, kind of like a Milwaukee, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Milwaukee probably will never have a professional team, unfortunately, for Major League Soccer. <laughs> but at the same time, you can still appeal, because like you said, you had 5,200 people at mm -hmm. the game, which is a great size. And for Major League Soccer, that's comparable, not mm -hmm. great, but even still, it's good that you can take this and apply it to smaller markets and bring the community together, which I feel like futsal does a great job of doing. So I was going to ask you, Everton, so you, you've played outdoor, you've played the traditional indoor game, mm -hmm. and you're playing futsal. What's the biggest difference between those three? <clears throat> well, okay, I, I grew up playing futsal. Uh, okay. In Brazil, it's... Um, it's funny because in Brazil, we don't go play outdoor soccer until we are 12 years old. So mm -hmm. we pretty much develop playing futsal. So all the players, in, all the Brazilians, and actually like in South America would say, they play futsal before go play outdoor. Mm. So when you get like 12 years old, then you can either choose, you know, either or, or you can do both. I actually did both. So I was playing futsal and outdoor uh, for a while. Then I came to the United States to play indoor because at the time I came here in 2004, 
the futsal was just a couple of tournaments in California, here and there. Mm -hmm. So it was just like for a few days. So, you know, obviously I came to play indoor. Uh, for me, the big difference is, you know, I love outdoor, but sometimes two minutes, three minutes go by and I don't touch the ball because <laughs> I'm like, forward, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I, I keep running and yep. I mean, believe I, I don't mind. I like to yeah. run, but that's not my favorite thing. I prefer to run when I have the ball. Yep. Yeah, I'm you know? forward as well. Oh, exactly. I know that feeling as well. <laughs> exactly. Just like sometime today would be nice to have the ball. To have the ball. Exactly. And I would play as a midfielder. I would touch the yeah. ball more, but I would yep. run more as well. So I prefer to stay, exactly. you know, <laughs> stay forward. Um, so, you know, indoor is great as well because you can actually touch the ball a little bit more. Mm -hmm. However, you know, the boards and how physical the game is, it doesn't show the finesse of soccer. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have the outdoor soccer, which there's a lot of finesse, but you don't touch the ball a lot. And then you have indoor soccer that you touch the ball a lot, but the finesse is quite not there because it's a physical game. So that's why futsal, for me, futsal is the best type of soccer for, you know, youth developmental mm -hmm. and even for the professional to play because you still have the finesse and it's not that physical game because you have like a limit zone fault. Mm -hmm. That you know that uh, a team can can have, otherwise mm -hmm. it's a penalty kick. So it, it is a great sport. Uh, we uh, I'm coaching my daughter's team. My daughter's eight years old, and uh, our club just got a new futsal facility. And I, I, it's great for the kids. You know, having to have that smaller space. Talk about really developing those skills. The favorite thing that I like about it is it teaches them quick decision making on the ball. Correct. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, uh, it's been proven that you know cognitive work for outdoor soccer helps a lot of players. So mm -hmm. you already have the cognitive work because futsal is smaller. You know, the ball is different as well. The ball never, you know, doesn't bounce a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's always on the ground. The game become like a, a faster game. Uh, you learn how to think ahead. You know, you, there is a player come right in your face. You have to know how to pass a move. If you don't move, you're never gonna receive back. So in terms of a player developmental, that's, that's the best thing. And in, in soccer, actually, going to be outdoor soccer is going to be benefited by that. Mm -hmm. You know, if sure. a lot of players grow up playing futsal, when they reach out the age of outdoor soccer, the national teams, he is going to be sick. You yeah. Know? And I think so we've seen that even with Brazil's development as a whole. You see, like you said, they have to be at 12 before they can choose one or the other. But you see those players, their technical abilities, their pass and move, their quick thinking. It's, it's amazing because they've had that futsal background. But then in this past World Cup, right, we see Brazil and then you not see playing that beautiful <laughs> soccer. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. I have no clear memories of the World Cup. It's, what was it again? I don't know. I don't know what it was. So I, I have a kind of out of left field question for Allison. As I said, we've known each other for years. I've always been the soccer guy. You've been the non-soccer person. Right, right. And here you are working with all these professional soccer groups. I know, crazy, huh? How did this happen? Well, a couple of years, I have owned a couple of businesses, um, theater background, so I have no, no skills in business oh, at that's all. That's how you guys are friends. Right, that makes right, so right. much more yeah. sense now. Okay. So I just kind of faked my way into business. Um, <laughs> and Sue Black, who bought the Wave two years ago, um, kept coming in and needing someone to do the business side of it. So talked me into it. Actually, I, I reached out to Simon. I'm like, can you meet me for lunch? I know nothing about soccer, <laughs> and I'm about to walk in there, and I don't know. So he kind of gave me the lowdown, and while I was there, I ended up making great friends and really loving the game. So, yeah, yeah. And here you yeah, are. Yeah, here I am, here right? I am. I love soccer it. everywhere. Futsal everywhere. So what are the goals of the Wisconsin Sports Group in particular? We've done a lot of talking about futsal and all that, but specifically with your group, do you, what are some of the – Short-term goals and then the long-term goals. Well, first, can, can we announce something? Please. I'd love to have you announce we, something. We um, today did a media release. Um, 
for Disney um, futsal, the Disney Midwest futsal tournament, and basically um, we're the only Midwest qualifier oh, wow. with the Walt Disney World and ESPN Complex. Wow! So there's only eight in the United States, um, but they're all San Diego, Boston. It's like all you know, Seattle, like the outskirts. We're the only Midwest people having one. So we're holding it at the Midwest Sports Complex, May 29th, May 30th, May 31st. Yes, Hockey Sports Complex in Franklin. And um, I'm the brains of the group, as you can see. Um, and so we're doing that. So you can sign your team up and you can just do it for the tournament. Or if you want to qualify for the USA team down in Disney, um, that's the only way you could do it is by That's very exciting. Wow. What's the, uh, what are the age groups for that? U8 through U16. 16. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's fantastic. So it's at, it's at Milwaukee Sports Complex. Mm -hmm, in Franklin. In Franklin. Uh, dates again? Uh, May 29th, 30th, and 31st. And times. Um, that will be that determined. Yet? Okay. Schedule, to be but, determined. Okay. So stay you, tuned for that. Right. Okay. You can go on our website, wisconsinsportsgroup.com, and sign up for that. Awesome. If I wasn't getting married that week, and I'd definitely come to that. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know if my fiance would be like, look, I really need to go to this tournament. Can we just push it back? She might love week? it, though. Just, yeah, she loves like, soccer. It's affiliated but... with Disney. Exactly. Right? exactly. We, we can, can tie go, it. We can go get married, then, you know. Exactly. <laughs> come back to the tournament. I'm like, it, 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 it makes perfect sense. Yes. I'll, I'll be in Orlando, so it'll be right by Disney. So it'll be like, we can tie it all in together. It makes perfect sense. So I'm sure people are going to want to find more information on you. Where can they find information on you? Well, we are in the process of building um, a new website. We had an old one, um, but WisconsinSportsGroup.com. Um, it will be updated daily. And we have a lot more fun, good announcements going to happen weekly um, that we're really excited about. Um, so stay tuned. Keep looking. Facebook. Wisconsin Facebook. Sports that, Group. What's, the, what's yep. the best way for people to get right now as you're rebuilding your website? Uh, the Facebook, probably. Facebook page, yeah. okay, which yeah. is... Wisconsin Sports Group. Wisconsin Sports Group. I love it. Easy yeah. enough. And then yeah. there's then there's also the Facebook page for the Midwest Futsal, Futsal Association. Okay. Association. Right. Definitely. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, we really appreciate Allison and Everton stopping by and Ben, the photographer. We appreciate you. <laughs> ben, ben, say, we should, say yeah, hello. Say. Hello, listening audience. Oh, there you go. Look at that. Excellent. The man with a few words behind the camera. So, well, we really appreciate both of you stopping thank you guys by. So much. Thank you so much. Hope to have you guys on again in the near future. No, Honored to have you as our first you guest. Are. Thanks for stopping by. Best of luck in your future endeavors. So, all right, well, we're going to take a fast break. Uh, before we uh, do that, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about MLS when we come back. The uh, U.S. men's national team there started off pretty good, but they're struggling against Denmark, and now they take on the Swiss this week, too, so we'll kind of see what happens with that. Uh, we're going to take a fast break. This is Two Up Front. Don't go anywhere.
back to another edition of Two Up Front. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Simon, we were, I guess the right word is schoolgirling maybe a little bit. Uh, we had a great first segment. We were very excited. That's why our break was a little longer than normal because we were just so excited and so giddy because we had uh, members from the Wisconsin sports group here. We had Allison yeah. Phillips and Everton. And we had to take a longer break just to make sure we could say goodbye and... And uh, talk a little business, and now we're back. Back to talk about U.S. against Denmark. A oh little bit goodness. of uh, game and review. Uh, the U.S. men's national team lost 3-2 to two, thanks to Nicholas Bentner scoring a hat trick, which I never thought I'd say those words in my life. <laughs> Uh, Nicholas Bentner, just uh, just for a quick second, just has never really been a prolific striker. I feel like he he's had opportunities. He's been at Arsenal. He's been at other great teams, but he's never really. I think, hit the peak of what he, people thought he was going to be. Well, and as egotistical as he is. He really is. He, he still was a little bit realist after that, saying, you know, not many people can score hat-tricks at this level, and this is my first one. So I, I give him credit for that, but yet at the same time, he was also saying, like, I'm just as good as Cristiano Ronaldo ah! and Messi because only they're the ones who can score hat-tricks. I, well, I mean, <laughs> yes, I, get, I feel like Messi and Ronaldo would have put in probably four or five against this U.S. Oh. national team defense, which mm. just looked atrocious at times. And uh, Jurgen Klinsmann lauding Timmy Chandler for how great he was. Best player on the defense. I'll tell you what. I This will be part of my Simon Says a little bit later here in the program. But Timmy Chandler, he fantastic assist on that goal to it Josie really was. out the door. I mean, Gorgeous great, great eyes. He gets that ball out, out of the defense. He does some wonderful things with it. He does. But his number one job is, is to, to play. play defense. And he totally gave up Bentner on that second goal. Mm-hmm. He's thrown his arms up for an offside call rather than playing his man and one of the most basic things, playing to the whistle. Exactly. And I think you'd feel like at the professional level at that point, you'd understand play to the whistle, play to the whistle. It's something you, I'm sure you tell your daughters that now even when they're playing soccer. Absolutely. Play to the whistle. That's something by the time you get paid a lot of money to play the international and professional game, you should know that by now. And yet we see this almost every international tournament, every usually friendlies, professional games, players not playing to the whistle and therefore getting scored on accordingly. And then we see this repeated theme, and this has been written a lot about, but we see this theme of the U.S. giving up these late goals. I don't care that these are friendlies. It's almost becoming a tradition. It's like, oh, it's late in the I, game, we're tied, or we're you know up by one. Well, yeah, the team should score probably about now. It's becoming an epidemic. It really is. I don't care if you're fooling around with that back four. It's becoming an epidemic. It, you cannot let these teams back into the game. And it's, you know, not an epidemic. I think the best word for it, it's becoming a habit. It is. And, and that's a, a habit that you got to kick. It's a bad habit. And that raises the question, too, and I know we'll get into this a little bit later with Jurgen Klinsmann, but how much is enough with Jurgen Klinsmann? We know he's signed on through the 2018 World Cup, but at what point, if you're the U.S. Soccer Federation and if you're U.S. soccer fans, people have already been calling for his head before the World Cup even started when he left Landon Donovan off the roster. How long do you want to continue to have Jurgen Klinsmann do whatever the heck he's doing? I wouldn't call it sabotage, but at the same time, he's not consistently staying with certain players. You don't, you can't build team chemistry if you call in, you know, a random group of twenty-five to thirty guys every camp. I understand giving guys their first caps, experimenting, trying to find that needle in the haystack. I totally get that. Every coach does that. We're coming upon the Gold Cup, though. If they win this Gold Cup. They go to the Confederations Cup. They need to get there. That's great preparation. If you're going to continue to experiment all the way up to the Gold Cup, it's you're exactly what you're talking about, Baxter. There's, there's no formula there for success. The only formula we see 
is giving up goals after the 75th minute. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate, and like we said, I mean, I was I was only able to watch the game until halftime, and at that point, I'm like, you know what? Well, when the U.S. scored their goal, I was like, okay, this is good. The U.S. is looking solid. They're passing. They're moving well. And then I, I don't know what it was. Something snapped, and Denmark completely took over the game. Yeah. This what, completely took it over. You know, there there was one positive out of this game. Josie Altador continues to show he's the real deal. Which it's about time, in all honesty. And I know that I— Well, he's, I, that's, that's where you and I disagree. Because I'm the he's, biggest advocate for Josie needs to show up, and you're like, he's showing up. I'm like, no, nah, not really, but he is now. I'm, I'm starting to slowly work my way over to your side of the, <laughs> your side of the train, as it were. But— I just, I still think he has more to offer. And the, the, his pairing with Aaron Johansson was just dreadful. They didn't do a lot. I understand he assisted Johansson's goal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but up until that point, there was zero connection, and they mentioned that at halftime. But even then, I think, I think you keep playing those two to build that chemistry. You need to, yeah. Those, those are two goal scorers. There's nobody else on the roster that, comp, that is the clear number two option, in exactly. my opinion. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But, you know, those two played together in, uh, in the Netherlands – Scored lots of goals together. So there's a chemistry there. Now we just got to keep them cons- uh, consistent. Exactly. And now that they don't play in the same team, we're seeing the chemistry between Michael Bradley and Josie Altador continuing to increase because they are on Toronto FC together, which if you're Toronto FC, you're in desperate need of a true midfield forward partnership because they thought Bradley Defoe would be the deal last year and Defoe got injured and just it just didn't work out. Didn't work out. Long term. But with Altador Bradley... They're going to see each other every day, basically, this year, whether it's club or international level, which is terrific for the team. You hope it's terrific. You hope they do build that chemistry, and I think they will. I will say, I guess, to to go along with the name of our show, too, up front, I'm going to be very upfront. I thought Alfredo Morales and Venturo uh, Alvarado, great name, but <laughs> horrific. Just Morales had a couple of good plays, but, man, those debuts, that was horrendous. It was. It really was, and Morales was kind of a— a secret player in the terms of people thought he might be, you know, this diamond in the rough, like you were saying, oh, who's this guy getting called up? And then it just didn't work out exactly. And obviously, nerves, I understand that. It sure. happened to everybody, sure. even, mm-hmm. you know, from the lowest level to the highest level. So Yeah, and, and I'm not saying give up on those two, but <laughs> we've seen better debuts. We really have, than that. and it's, it's unfortunate. So uh, as a side note from that, too, Denmark outshot the U.S. 12-4 to in that game, which is very embarrassing, I feel like. I mean, yes, the final score was 3-2, but even still... Only getting four total shots off, that's not a good sign. No, and that's it's not. one thing that the U.S. is always hounded on is they can't consistently score goals. No, and then we see a great goal by Bentner at the end. I mean, I don't, I don't care what team you're a fan of. That was an amazing It was. Taking it off the volley, putting it right far, uh, in the far post. Man, as a striker, that's, that's fun to watch. It is. It is. It's, I can't say I've ever done that exact goal, but it's, <laughs> it's fun to hit similar styles. Or That's the goal that you're messing around in practice with saying, oh, I bet you if I hit this goal, it'll be awesome. It never goes in, but you know that one time sure. out of a thousand shots, you're just like, I did it. I'm done. You, know, you just walk off the field, but then you get you know water poured on you and people just call it, tell you to stop. So what has to change for the game against Switzerland? This is a good team they're going up against. It is, and the Swiss had a great showing at the World Cup, and I think it was a little unfortunate that they exited as early as they did. But at the same time, the Swiss kind of remind me of the United States a little bit because mm-hmm. of the monotonous play. They're not very exciting. They've got those few guys that will just go straight at you, but they're not a flary, over-the-top kind of a team. Um, I think you need to keep Altidore and Johansson starting. Uh, let them continue to build that 
Michael Bradley needs more help in the midfield. I love the hustle from Michael Bradley. I was watching the game, and I'm like, what is this white streak that I keep seeing going back and forth? And it's Michael Bradley's shiny, bald head (laughs) flying all over the field. I'm like, who the heck? I'm like, oh, that's Bradley. Okay. Yeah, Bedoya didn't seem to be much in the game. No, Bedoya was on the wing, which is where he normally is, which Mm -hmm. is which is fine. I'm glad he's getting minutes out there. But at the same time, there was not a whole lot of production from him like we saw even in the World Cup or just in more recent international friendlies. Mm -hmm. So I think that they need more consistent play from their midfield. Bradley can't do all the running. Bradley is the workhorse of the U.S. men's national team, which is terrific. It's great to have that player, but he can't go consistent. That's the great way for Bradley to burn out and be done before the next World Cup, which hopefully I know he won't, but you got to give that man some help. you got to give him some help. You have to. You know, when Jermaine Jones is in there, those two, it's interesting. Some games they work well together, and other games they get into each other's way. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see, you know, Jones back from injury now. When he gets called up again to the national team, we'll see what happens in that midfield. And I wanted to ask you, I feel like we've had this debate before, but are you a fan of Jermaine Jones on defense, or do you think it's a stupid idea like I do? I'm not going to say it's a stupid idea. He does okay back there. I just don't understand the point of it. You've got players out there like Tim Ream, who again was called up, who again wasn't played. Which is unfortunate, because why call him up if you're not going to play? I mean, I get you only can play a certain amount of players a game. I get that. But if he hasn't been in the team for a long time, put him in. I'm... I am hoping we see him against Switzerland. I'm hoping it's a deal where we saw some guys this game, and now Klinsman will put in other guys in the next game. You'd like to think that's. I'll tell you what: if Tim Ream doesn't play the next game, Bolton will never release him again. No, why? Why would you? They were so mad at Klinsman when he called him up for the Ireland game as an emergency replacement. Then he put him in for the last two minutes, if even that. Wow, that's quite the emergency. So there is a uh, there there is not a good relationship there. So I'm telling you, Tim Ream has to get in. But back to your point about Jermaine Jones, I I'm not going to say it's stupid. My point is there are other players out there. We talked about Robbie Rogers on our last show. Yeah, why not give him a shot? He yep. hasn't been called up in years, and he's playing well in MLS. There's nothing wrong with that. Robbie Rogers is a left back for the LA Galaxy. He was a huge part of their run and victory in MLS Cup 2014. It kind of came out of nowhere, as it were. He was kind of off the scene for a while, came back after coming out admitting that he was gay, and has done terrific ever since. And the fact that he's even getting national team recognition in terms of people saying, hey, Klinsman, bring this guy up, is huge. Yes, people keep saying, you know, he's not fit for the international level. We don't know that. He hasn't been up there yet. We don't know. The last time he was up there was years ago. So... Overall, my answer to you, Baxter, is it's unnecessary to have Jones playing in the back at this point. Because we saw what he can do in the World Cup against that that goal he scored against Portugal. When he's running through the midfield, I love the Jones-Bradley pairing in midfield. Yes, you said they get in their way, each other's way sometimes because they're kind of that same workaholic right through the middle. Um, but <laughs> Jermaine Jones just brings that extra tenacity that I feel like Bradley doesn't always have. And he will literally run you over he will. to get that ball and shoot it on goal. He's got well, a great shot. And we saw that the few times... Klinsman had him back there at center back. He didn't stay back there. He wanted to keep going It was going almost up. like they had three in the back because Jones is like, well, I'm going to track a field. Now it's like, no, if you're going to play defense, stay on defense. And that's why I'm like, don't keep him at defense. If yeah. you have that... Sneak up once in a while. Yeah. but Or change the formation on defense, which we know Klinsman loves to do. He sure. loves to cycle through. And uh, yeah, against Switzerland, Switzerland is ranked 12th uh, in the world. The U.S. is 32nd. Deservedly so. Deservedly so. I... I Maybe even a bit too high at I this I feel point. like it might even be a bit too high just the way that they're currently playing. But, yeah, a lot of stuff needs to happen. Defensively, Klinsman needs to start settling into his official back four. At this point in time, he's like, all right, the Gold Cup is just a few months away. 
We need to settle into our official back four. Let's just start getting them reps on the international level. Most of the guys on the back four don't even play together. And I don't think any of them play together on the club level. So you're not going to have any extra chemistry from there. Yeah, some of them play in the same leagues, but that doesn't mean anything. They're not playing for the same team. So defense is a crucial, crucial part of that. Get the back four situated. Figure out if DeAndre Yedlin's going to be that starting at, starter at the right back position or not. Forward-wise, Aaron Johansson, Josie Altador, those guys are fine. Keep them working together. But also you need to figure out and develop that first sub off the bench at that striker position. Because if you don't have a... We saw that happen with Josie Altador in the World Cup. Altador went down. There wasn't a whole lot of answer at that spot. Julian Green, eh, not so much. Chris Wondolowski, do I need to bring back the sitter, Simon? Oh, I don't think we man. need to talk about that. Either way, the defender... I feel like midfield, we're fine. Goalkeeper, we're fine. Defenders and forwards, consistency needs to show up, and it needs to show up fast. I I can't argue with any of that. I almost feel like that was my bash, even though that wasn't. <laughs> I, I have something else even more exciting to talk about later on. But uh, uh, do you have anything else to add in terms of U.S. Uh, national team? Well, if we want to move to my Simon Says, I sure yeah, do. Yeah, I'm ready for that. Simon Says, uh, with uh, 45 seconds on the clock, uh, or thereabouts, because you warned me it might run a tad long, which is fine. I'll give you a minute, because you're my friend. Great, thank you. A minute thank on the you. clock for Simon Says. Ready and begin. Jurgen Klinsmann. I give up. I give up trying to understand your philosophy. I give up trying to figure out your requirements for players. There's just no consistency in what you're telling these players. You know, the U.S. defense gets thrashed, getting beat over and over again on the same play in that Switzerland game. Coming from the left, over Denmark. the top. Uh, sorry, Denmark. Thank you. Uh, over the top, Bettner scores. It, that play happened almost, I think, four times in the second half, always getting beat. Wasn't always scored upon, but always getting beat. And you keep this bias towards these German-American players, yes, they may be good, but you keep telling us that players have to be playing in order to get called up. Julian Green gets called up. <laughs> He's playing with the U23s right now over, uh, over in Germany. Not the U23 German team, uh, with his club, uh, with Hamburg. It doesn't make any sense. You've got players playing. You call up Tim Ream. He doesn't play again. So if you're going to say you've got to be playing to be called up, then call up players who are playing the game. Time's up. I love it. Simon drops the mic and walks out of the studio, basically. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to take a fast break. When we come back, uh, Minnesota has been added to MLS. The Loons! Woo! Loving it. The Loons are back and ready to howl. Not howl, but whatever a loon does. Gonna get a loon call on the show. There Something you go. Like that. Something like that. We're gonna talk about that. Uh, look back at the week that was MLS soccer, and then offer uh, a new segment saying uh, if the playoffs started today, and uh, give us our, our top ten rankings and for the power rankings for MLS. And I've got my bash as well. So a lot of stuff still to come. Don't go anywhere. This is uh, two up front. We'll be right back.
back to another edition of Two Up Front. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Simon, we've had quite the show so far. We had uh, some members from the Wisconsin Sports Group here. We had Allison Phillips and Everton, which I just every, I think of you every time I hear Everton because <laughs> I think of the Everton soccer team. And I was I was waiting for you to say something about that when he's like, "Oh, my name's Everton." Yeah, I did, you know, didn't want to make it about me, so. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. We we appreciate it. And he, that, does, he spells his name differently. I know he, he does, but still. H E W, I think, is how it starts. Oh so. my gosh. H E W? That's just. It's Portuguese. Everton, or however, <laughs> however exactly you say it. But uh, uh, exciting news for Major League Soccer Minnesota United, the Loons, as uh, Simon said before we went to break, uh, have broken in to Major League Soccer. They've been promoted, as it were, sure. from the NASL. From the NASL, yeah. Um, and will become the new uh, expansion team, the 23rd out of uh, Don Garber's proposed 24 teams that he wants by 2020. Um, they, when do they come into the league? Is it next 2018. Year? 2018. Yes. So we have a little bit until they finally yeah. come into the league, which makes sense because you've got LAFC, you've got Atlanta, and David Beckham FC, or Miami, or whoever, if they finally ever figure out a stadium, but... I don't even want to begin to start talking about that. My daughters love the movie Frozen, mm. and whenever I hear Miami being discussed, <laughs> the song Let It Go just keeps oh, popping in my head. It, it, rightfully so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why. I mean, but, but let's focus on the positive. Exactly. We've got another team in the Midwest. Which is fantastic. I know up there they'll say that we're not the Midwest, we're in the North, which, fair enough, but for... For the layman, <laughs> we finally have another team in the Midwest. Yes, I agree with that. A yep. great market passionate fan base you know they used to have way back in the day baxter oh, there was the minnesota thunder who <laughs> probably wasn't um, even born yet tony santa played with the minnesota thunder oh, sure. yep. manny lagos buzz lagos was the coach i recognize uh, these names actually my brother jake went up there and played a few exhibition games hey, with them back in the day back in the day so uh that group dissipated a bit um some of those guys were still involved then the Minnesota United FC was birthed, and they've been pressing hard for an MLS team. Now they got one. I know people are saying Sacramento should have got it. I do think Sacramento deserves it. They apparently have everything in place. That's so just why I'm surprised. A bit of that, a mystery. Yeah, I feel like Sacramento, it's like, oh, maybe next time. And, oh, another expansion. Yeah, maybe next time, Sacramento. I, I hope they get at least one of those spots, but... At this point, though, if the league hasn't done it, I'm confused on if there's something going on that we don't know about. Could be. Could be. Or maybe they were just purely focused on, hey, we have an ownership group in a part of the country that we're still establishing this game. Let's go with them. Perhaps Sacramento is such a sure thing that they don't need to worry about them exactly, right now. Exactly, that they'll just maybe bring them into the league at a later time. And, and then it begs the question, how big is the league? You know, promotion, relegation, all that other stuff, which if we had more time today, we would talk about. Um, so Minnesota, congratulations on coming into the league. We're very excited. I'll have to go catch, uh, catch a game there. I've hopefully. got in-laws that live up there. Perfect. So I'll be seeing plenty of we'll games. We'll take a, a weekend of the Provans. Or no, what's uh, your wife's? Um, so Well, that would be the Newmans. The Newmans. Newmans, the, yes. Weekend yes. at Newmans. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a good time. Chad, get your season tickets. We'll take two of there them, we please. <laughs> Perfect. We love it. And our, uh, our buddies over at MLS FanCast as well are talking about going down to a Chicago Fire game. So we're going to have to... Uh, working out with them as well. Um, so looking back at the week that was uh, MLS, uh, we were talking briefly about this during the, before the show, well, when the show right immediately started. Uh, the New England Revolution did not lose, thank the Lord, but they also <laughs> didn't win. So it's a, it's a point. We're on the board. We're not in the last place anymore with the, with the, in the Eastern Conference. They tie 0-0 to the Montreal Impact. So this, was, I, yeah. the theme of the weekend. It really zero, was. Zero. <laughs> it really was. We were talking over the weekend, or even when we saw each other earlier in the week, it's like, so, uh, kind of a weird week in MLS. 
uh, Colorado and New York City FC tie. NYC FC has yet to lose. Yeah. Yep, they're so undefeated. Them and Dallas. Yeah. Dallas, though, have won all three of their they games. They have. Convincingly. FC Dallas wins uh, 2-0 against Philadelphia. And I heard they were playing Philly. I'm like, FC Dallas should roll over them, which mm-hmm. they did, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vancouver with an absolute dagger to the heart in the 96th minute. First of all, why was there six minutes of added extra time? I just... Anyway. Uh, Vancouver winning 1-0 against Orlando. Shocking, quieting the Citrus Bowl, which is a hard feat to do. That's, there was uh, thirty or 40,000 yeah, people at yeah. that game. The, 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 you see the pictures of it, and people are just heartbroken. It really is. You which thought is it cool was like to a, see. That means they're, they've got a passionate exactly. fan base that already cares. They're, you thought it was a playoff game for like the atmosphere. Yes, yes. Which is fantastic. Um, Portland. 0-0 against Sporting Kansas City. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, it's another draw, but to be fair, they're playing in Kansas City. That's a tough place to play. It is. So that's, we, a, that's a point I'll take. And we mentioned that last week, too, that we were hoping that this would be, be a draw or a win, but I think I took Sporting Kansas City in this game because it is such a hard place to win in. And I would have probably taken them against the Revolution if my, if my revs were going down there, too. It, it, it's just it's a difficult place to play, and it's... A, a hallowed ground, as it were. It's such a difficult and exciting place to play at. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. They're Portland's goalkeeper this year, Adam Kuarse. You know, he's replacing Donovan Ricketts, who who was pretty decent in goal. He's he's having an outstanding season, and now he gets a shutout. You know, he's Ghana's one of Ghana's national team players. He was actually the goalkeeper in goal against the U.S. at the World oh, Cup. Oh, wow. We appreciate the goals. Uh, so he's obviously a, a talented individual. He is. And uh, they have him, really. They do, yeah, wow. yeah. So perhaps, uh, perhaps huh. with him in there, they'll get the defense sorted out. Maybe this was a sign of that. Mm-hmm. They can start winning some games. But of course, last season we saw the same thing: draw after draw after draw. I want to see some wins. <laughs> you need to, but I guess you can. The positive of that, if you want to look at the glass half full, is where you haven't lost a game I yet. Haven't so lost, right? There is that point. And as we've been joking around, but there could be some seriousness to yeah. it. Thirty-four points could get you in the playoffs this year. With with twelve teams going in out of the twenty, it's very possible. Yeah. It's very very possible. Uh, the LA Galaxy won one with the Houston Dynamo. Your thoughts on that game? Odd game. You know, you see Robbie Keane come in and score in the third minute. Does a little bit of slicing and dicing through the defense, As he puts does it in so the goal, well. and you're thinking Galaxy once again. Yeah. But then Houston comes in twelfth uh, minute, scores a goal. Now you're thinking perhaps this is going to be back and forth, and it ends up being one one. Yeah, uh, Derek, the goalkeeper for Houston, mm-hmm. redeems himself a bit after the big flub that he had against uh, Orlando City. He did, and he's a good young prospect, and I think you should really keep an eye on him as he continues to grow in the league. Uh, I did catch uh, some of the Red Bulls DC United game. Just an absolute spectacular performance uh, by the Red Bulls. A 2-0 victory against DC United there. They're big rivalries. People are like, well, Red Bull supporters were saying, we don't need NYCFC as a rivalry. DC United is the real rivalry, which is true. Absolutely. Atlanta Cup, it's been alive since the Metro Stars, since New York was known as the Metro Stars. Very close to each other. It's probably really the one of the first... Uh, Darby's that we've had, them and San Jose and the Galaxy. Yep. Um, you had talked about how you thought Bradley Wright Phillips would get shut down. Yeah. Uh, he got fed a great ball. What a deft touch on the oh, ball. Back fantastic. to goal, turns, puts it in. People, I saw uh, pictures and memes of it, too, saying the ghost of Thierry Henry still lives in Red Bull Arena, which Bradley Wright Phillips, if you want to see a young Thierry Henry, Bradley Wright Phillips, is that man. He has embodied all of what Henri is. Whether or not he'll be as successful, I don't know, but he is almost a carbon copy because he learned from him. And B, you're absolutely right. What I love about him, he loves this league. He does. And he's even come out and said that. I've been been getting offers now from England again. Mm -hmm. I've turned them down because 
I love this league. Of course, it's easy to love a league when you put 27 goals in in one season. <laughs> Makes you kind of, you know, it's like, you know, it's not too bad. You know, I've scored yeah. a few goals, you know. But uh, speaking of San Jose, as you were before, San Jose versus Chicago. Uh, San Jose opens up their new stadium in dramatic and exciting fashion, winning 2-1 to one against the Chicago Fire. The fire has been officially extinguished, I feel like. There's you three know, games in and just, I don't, I don't I, know. I watched this game and I, I did some breaking down of it. The Fire does have some talented players. Harry Ship, I mean, he puts so many shots on goal. He's a fantastic product. Fantastic. Uh, it was an odd game because Chicago was really dominating this game at times, and San Jose would score uh, totally against the run of play. Mm-hmm. You know, Set goals, San Jose loves their set goals. But I'll tell you my biggest takeaway from this game, Perez Garcia. Mm. He is the real deal. He, he's one of, the tr- one of the few true number 10s in this league. He controls that midfield. He's got such great vision. He knows when to go down. He puts great balls in the box. His, his corners are outstanding. He's a player that we got to watch closely. Yeah, I completely agree with that. San Jose not out yet. They are technically in second place. Uh, here's, a, here's a cool statistic for you, Please. too. I want to make sure I get this name right. We had two first MLS goals in that game. Okay. All right, so if I, if I pull this up here real quick, because it is a fun statistic. There's a rookie on the team, Fateh Halashi, who got called up by the USU 23s. He yep. scored his first ever goal in MLS, yep. and he actually scored the first goal at Avaya Stadium. He scored his first goal in three games. A little bit later, we see another player for San Jose, Ty Harden. He scored his first ever MLS goal. Wow, a game of firsts. He's been playing for seven years really? in MLS. Wow. He actually retired early in his career to finish school. Then he came back. But that was his 100th game in MLS. Wow, that's just quite the party. You've got the opening stadium. You've got your first goal. 100th game. 100th game no versus, versus a third game. Oof. That's pretty. That's, that's that's just, I mean, talk about it. Really is opposite spectrums. That's, no kidding. That's pretty cool. It really so. is. It's exciting to see that, and it's it's a great experience for San Jose. I'm really happy for them. Um, so, looking briefly uh, through all the current standings, um, just kind of a brief statement, um, and I'll get into this in my bash as well. Um, we don't have enough time, unfortunately, to fully dive into if the playoffs started today. But I will just make the statement that if the playoffs did start today, I would be, I'd would assume, well, I predict that it would be FC Dallas and LA Galaxy in the Western Conference Finals. And then over on the flip side, I think TFC would somehow manage to find their way there, and I think they'd probably play the Red Bulls. I guess it's my time to... It is. Okay, I'm going to go with, I, th- I think, th- yeah, I agree, the Red Bulls. They're, I was not on board when they fired Mike Pecky. I thought, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Jesse Marsh is doing a great job, and the players are obviously buying into the system. I'm still going to go with... The New England Revolution being you in that final. I do. Okay. I think I think once Jermaine Jones comes back, we see the potential there, mm-hmm. and I think that potential is going to become reality with Agadala, with Charlie Davies. It's going to become reality once they have their general back. Well, remember, this is the, if the playoffs started today. Yep. Yep. Well, New England. Oh, if they, well, if they started. The well, if we're if we're doing kind of a power ranking sure. thing, um, I still think they're the team that. They've got the potential to be there. If they now, if we're talking about teams starting today, I'm going to have to disagree, and this will get into uh, a little bit of my predictions. FC Dallas wouldn't be in the final because this week they're losing quite a few players to international call-ups. Mm. But in the West, I would go with the LA Galaxy. If they started today, would be in the final. I can't say San Jose San Jose because I still don't believe, but I regret taking them off of my uh, mm. uh, season end prediction there. <laughs> um, so I would go with I would go with LA Galaxy, and at this point, uh, 
Well, I, I got to take back what I said. I'd still have to go with FC Dallas. They, yeah. they still got the talent there. If, to like, do you're it. assuming that it's you know the full roster, not right, international players right. gone. I think FC Dallas, LA Galaxy, Western Conference Final, New York, uh, Red Bulls, and Toronto in the final, in the in the Eastern final. Yeah. Well, we, we'll see. I I was still. I know we have a little difference of opinion of how this works. Yeah. I'd still go with I'm I'm seeing New England in that final. Yeah. And obviously, I would more than likely choose New England as well, but. It just all kind of depends on how you look at it. So we're going to kind of quickly scoot through um, the two up front power rankings. We're going to go through the, uh, who our top ten teams are uh, in MLS. Uh, we'll try not to linger on too long with uh, our, our things. I, I feel like FC Dallas needs to be number one. I agree with that, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're the only team that's 3-0. Yeah. How can you not put them number and one? And they're scoring multiple goals a game, too. Blas Perez is, is yeah, doing what he does. He scores goals. Exactly. Now, the number two spot... Uh, it kind of it's rivaled because you can look at NYCFC. They have yet that's to lose a game. That's my number two. That's your number that's two. That's my number two. Yeah. I I would put them at two or three. Yeah. Um, I think the only other team that would really rival that would either be San Jose or Vancouver. Sure. I don't know sure. if you have a a difference of opinion on that. I'm I'm fine I, with NY. I feel like it almost makes sense that the conference leaders should probably go one and two. I just with with the way Discarude and Via are playing together. They're, they are my number two. Yeah. San Jose. The reason I say San Jose, I don't believe they're as good as their standing show. Mm-hmm. They're, listen, their defense is, is pretty weak, even though the game against the fire. It if, is. If, the, if that was LA Galaxy playing that day, I don't think San Jose would have won that game. Probably not, no. And that's why I don't see them as, as a number, number two right yeah. now. Yeah, and that's why I'm going to have to say LA needs to be number three. I agree with LA that. LA has only yeah. got, has got zero losses, one win and two ties. Uh, LA Galaxy definitely uh, penciling in at that third spot. Uh, looking at the fourth spot, as we are doing our two up front power rankings, uh, one through ten of MLS teams, uh, who do you got for us? I've got the Red Bulls. I would agree with that, yeah. All right. I don't know why they wouldn't. Two, both New York teams in the top five, who would have guessed? Uh, looking at the number five spot, um, now that you've made those comments about San Jose, I don't know if I trust them as much. <laughs> Um, Seattle, it's hard to get on board. They've only played two games. Mm-hmm. Toronto's only played two games. And Seattle now has an injured Clint Dempsey. Exactly. So that might drop them significantly. I think Seattle will probably scoot in towards the end of our rankings mm-hmm. here. Uh, Orlando? I don't, I don't know. I, you know, the way they lost that game against Vancouver, I'm more apt to say San Jose. But if you want to put Orlando there... I would be more comfortable putting Orlando at six. Good. Let's put Orlando Good. at six, and then I'm I'm perfectly fine with San Jose at five. Let's do that. So San Jose goes to five. I mean, they are winning, so i got to give them credit for that. Exactly. and that's I'm why just f- not convinced with their winning. Exactly, and that's why I feel like Vancouver should probably go seven. Sure. Because Vancouver's yep. Got, yep. A good, he's got a good record. Yep. Uh, looking at the eighth spot, uh, Columbus. They uh, Some of those teams, Columbus, Toronto, and D.C., all have only played two games. Mm-hmm. They're all one and one. Do, but do you like a diff- one team I, I over like, another? I do like Columbus. I like Columbus there. You know, that first week we saw them beat Houston 2-0. Which is not an easy thing to do. It is not. And, yeah, that was in Houston. Uh, so I'm going to base it honest, honestly mostly off of that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, for the final two spots, 9 and 10, I feel like you need to put Seattle at 9 and Toronto at 10. I don't feel like D.C. or Houston deserve to be in the power rankings right now. I'll go with that. I'd maybe argue a little bit with Houston being number ten, but we'll we'll take we'll take the, what you the said. The dominance that Toronto showed in their first game, and I understand they yes. turned it around yep. and got beat two zero in Columbus, which is why Columbus is on these rankings. But I feel like TFC. Well, that's right. I said that wrong. Houston 
beat Columbus. Yes. That Houston beat they, they beat Toronto. Thank you. Yep. So I feel like Seattle 9 because of their dominant opening day win against the Revolution. Now, they did lose in a shootout to San Jose 3-2, but Seattle is still proving that they can score goals in bunches. Oh, shootout. I get what you're saying. Yes. In a, in, yeah, in a 3-2. A barnstormer. Not, yes. A barnstormer. Yes. A bar, a barn, <laughs> yes. Yeah, not, so yes. Like, what? Yeah. Good. Good. So Seattle and then TFC, do we agree on for 10? Sure, we'll do TFC. It'd be a mixture between TFC and Houston. Exactly. Okay. Um, So our official power rankings from two up front after three weeks of play, Simon, are who? FC Dallas, uh, NYCFC, the Galaxy, the Red Bulls, San Jose. Number six is Orlando. Seven is Vancouver. Eight is Columbus. Nine is Seattle. And 10 finishing off with another Canadian team, TFC, the original MLS. The original. So two out of the three Canadians are in. Uh, Montreal Impact, just I don't know what to tell with them. Uh, And then both New York teams in the top five. So exciting stuff for them. Uh, I'm going to go into my uh, Baxter's bash quick, and then we. How much will... time do you want today, Baxter? Um, you know, 45 seconds is fine 45. with me. If you want to, if you want to do that. And I have that. no idea what you're talking about today. You know, I'm not even fun. sure if I do either. <laughs> All right, you ready? I am. And go. All right, the Eastern Conference in Major League Soccer is just atrocious. It really is, and unfortunately, only one of the of the teams in the top five for the Supporter Shield is from the Eastern Conference, and that is New York City FC. I feel like with all the money that is in Major League Soccer, all the money players also go to the Western Conference. They love the Galaxy. They love the Sounders. We're seeing San Jose start to pick up some of that slack. Portland, Vancouver. The West is where it's at in that terms. SKC, even Houston getting to Marcus Beasley last year. The Eastern Conference, they're struggling. But I think New York City FC and Orlando are the teams to help turn that around. They have the players. They have the power. They have the money, as it were, and are excited and really should help give the Eastern Conference a better name moving forward. Nice work. 44.98 seconds. I love it. I like what you said. I'm going to agree with that. You look at the Western Conference, there's only one team under 500 right now. Granted, only three games in, but you look at the Eastern Conference, you got three. That's exciting. It's an exciting time. The Western Conference is traditionally a better conference in Major League Soccer. Well, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, we're going to offer our predictions for this week of MLS and do our I Believe statements. Don't go anywhere. This is Two Up Front. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right. We've had a fun show. Wisconsin Sports Group was here earlier in the show. Make sure to go check them out on Facebook, Wisconsin Sports Group, and then their uh, 
Facebook page, and they also have uh, the Midwest Futsal Association as well. So go and like them and uh, get in touch with all the exciting things that is the Professional Futsal League as it officially uh, launches next year. Uh, but with Keith Tozer at the helm and Allison Phillips and Everton that were here, they are very much excited and hopefully have them back on in the near future to give us updates as the league continues to grow. Yeah, they've hinted to us they've got some big announcements on the way, so we'll definitely have them back on the show. Yeah, we're very excited for that. So we're going to offer our MLS predictions. Uh, stay tuned to our Facebook. Uh, Simon is going to go through and see just how badly he's beating me uh, in MLS <laughs> I, I, predictions. I honestly think it's the opposite way. You think so? Yes, I'm yes. excited. So stay tuned to our Facebook page. He's going to post our updated uh, records with how we're both doing for our predictions. So, uh, starting off to England and San Jose, this game is at Gillette Stadium. Uh, Simon, how are you feeling about that game? I think we are going to see New England get their first win of the season. San Jose looked vulnerable against Chicago. New England has goal scorers that I think are going to chew up that San Jose defense. Um, San Jose doesn't have Fatah Alashi again. That's the rookie that had his first goal. He's a good player. He's going to be out for uh, U23 international duty. I'm going with New England. Easy pick for me. Yep, I'd have to agree with that one. I think this is the game we finally see the emergence of Juan Agadello, and I think Lee Wynn finally helps the Revolution win, as it were, and finally get on the score sheet as well. So Simon and I are both taking the Revolution. Uh, DC United versus the LA Galaxy. This is at uh, RFK Stadium in DC. Uh, I think the Galaxy are just way too good right now. DC, uh, they have Bill Hamid. They've got a great goalkeeper, but their offense still kind of flubbering around, and I think that loss to the Red Bulls is not going to help their confidence. No, we're going to see Zardis out. We're going to see Pinedo out of goal, but Rowe's been stepping in, doing really well for him in that respect. Uh, the LA Galaxy still have Keen. I'm right there with you. This is, an, this is a Galaxy win. Yep, I'd have to agree. Uh, okay, who do you like in the Houston versus Colorado game? That is uh, at Houston. Uh, I've got a, got my cheat notes here, Uh-oh. my cheat sheet. Believe it or not, I'm going with Colorado this week. Really? Why is that? Because Houston has a third of its starters out on international duty. That would be a good reason. Two midfielders gone, so there's half your midfield. They've got uh, Jermaine Taylor, who's one of their starters in the back, and Gil Baines, one of their forwards, one of their goal scorers is also out. So you've got something critical missing from every area of the field except for their goalkeeper. Yep, and I'm... It's hard to argue against that. I think Colorado has struggled this season, but I think that Houston is vulnerable enough right now that they'll be able to take that victory. Uh, Looking at Montreal versus Orlando, uh, that game is in Olympic Stadium in Montreal. Are the Impact going to finally get in the positive category in league play, or are they going to continue to struggle? Well, why don't you – I started the last one. How about you start this one? I like Orlando in this game, in all honesty. Montreal, um, they are – a CONCACAF team. They are doing a fantastic job and have a great chance to make history. Um, but Orlando right now, they have the miss, They have a lot of great pieces. I don't think they're going to be missing a lot of uh, players on international duty. I think Orlando's going to be very, very bitter from their Vancouver game, and they're going to just come out and pound the impact. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. I do think we're going to see Montreal win, so here's our first... First disagreement okay. here. I think Shea being out is a big deal. I think Ramos being out of the defense for the Portugal U-20s is a big deal. Then we also see Molino out for Trinidad and Tobago. There are a few players out for Montreal as well. This is always a tough, this is always a tough week in MLS where all these players are, are being called up. But I, I'm still going to go with Montreal. I think too many critical pieces are missing for Orlando. Okay, definitely uh, good to know for that one. Uh, the Columbus crew and the New York Red Bulls. Bradley Wright Phillips, this game uh, is at is it Map Free? Is that how you say their stadium? That's game? yeah, that's the new sponsor. That's the uh, new so sponsor it's in Columbus. The Columbus. The game's in Columbus. 
They're not losing a lot of players on international break, are they? They've got a couple. They've got Waylon Francis, starting defender. He's going up to uh, Costa Rica. But, um, you know, Columbus is playing well, but so are the Red Bulls. You got Robles back in goal, and he's he's playing awesome. Question's doing a wonderful job for the Red Bulls. He's doing his usual thing. He's getting in players' heads. He's strong on defense. But I do think this is going to end up being a draw. So this is my first draw prediction. Okay, so your first draw. Uh, Simon is going to take the draw route. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I like the game in Columbus. Columbus is a hard place to win. I know they're missing Waylon Francis, but you've still got Will Trapp. You've still got some of those exciting players. Uh, I like uh, Columbus winning this game. If you'll notice, Simon, I don't really take draws a whole lot. I like to believe that there is an opportunity to win every game. And then this last weekend happened. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just absolutely <laughs> hurt both of our predictions. Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, FC Dallas versus Seattle. I am, I am actually taking Seattle for this. Yes, Dempsey's out. Papa's been called up. Uh, but Dallas does not have Blas Perez this week. Which is a huge blow to their offense. They have Castillo. I get that. Uh, Atiba Harris is also out, though, for FC Dallas. So as you can see, I'm basing most of my predictions off of these international call-ups. I have no shame in doing that. No. I'm definitely going with Seattle in this All one. All right, Seattle for Simon. Uh, I think you're right. They're missing too many people. They're missing Blas Perez. Clint Dempsey, yes, I understand he and Marco Papa are up, but Seattle is so deep at so many positions. Seattle is definitely going to get this victory. Uh, okay, Sporting Kansas City, NYC, FC. Uh, to my knowledge, NYCFC is not missing a whole lot of players. They are uh, missing just one player. Yeah, they're they're missing Adam Nemec. If I, I honestly don't know if I'm saying that correctly, he does well up front with Via, but there's plenty of other weapons. You know, Discrude and Via, the way they work together, that does it for me. Sporting Kansas City on the other side, however, they're missing one of their starting defenders, DeYoung. But the big one is Roger Espinosa won't be there this week, so I'm going with a City win. Yep, I would have to agree with that one as well. Sporting Kansas City, you can't be missing those type of key players on your offense, especially Espinoza. It just is a huge, a huge, huge loss. blow. Yes. Uh, looking ahead, uh, Vancouver and Portland, Cascadia has come again. It's like Christmas in March. Woo, the first Cascadia Cup game of the year. Vancouver, they're not missing any big players. They're missing some, but they seem to be all uh, reserves. And Portland's not really missing any except... Elvis Powell, who's one of their starting defenders, and he's very strong back there. He Elvis? is one. He's I, alive? <laughs> I knew it! It was all a conspiracy. Maybe, maybe it is Elvas. Oh, Elvas. Um, I, but ah. I'm not, I'm, just to confuse us all. I should just start using last names. Powell. Ah, last name's Powell. Powell. Okay. No, he, but he is one of the uh, bright stars in the back there for Portland. So this is at Vancouver. i got to go with the Whitecaps, I'm unfortunately. A, and I'm trying not to play off of you. I actually wrote down my prediction before you even said yours, but I'm, I'm a... I'm a closet Vancouver Whitecaps right. fan. I really mm-hmm. like the offense. I like Darian Maddox. I like Pedro Morales in the midfield. They've got a great team. So we're both taking the Whitecaps on that one. Chicago and Philly. Uh, Chicago yeah. doesn't have Maloney. That may be a uh, addition by subtraction, to be honest with you. Potentially, yeah. I'm just – the fire looks good. They can't put that ball in the goal. I would go for a draw on this one, but I'm actually going to take Philly. Are you? I'm going to take a draw on this one because I don't like either team, and I don't feel like it. I feel like it's going to be a boring game. I agree. It, I really it, it will be. It will be. I'm going to take a draw on this one. I'll be happy if they both draw 1-1. Uh, RSL and TFC, you're missing your main uh, players. I have RSL winning this game. Um, even if Nick Romano's gone, RSL as a whole is still basically there. Yeah, you're missing Sabario to Costa Rica again, but I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm I'm going with RSL. Toronto's just missing 
too many, again, critical pieces. They are. It's an unfortunate event for them, but that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. All right, uh, finishing up the show here, uh, Simon, what is your I believe for us this week? I believe that there will be less than three zero zero draws this week. Okay, say <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I believe that, uh, going off of our guests earlier in the show, that I believe that the Professional Futsal League will help continue to grow the development of the youth system and eventually the national team like Everton was talking about. I love about. that, I believe. Thank That's you. That's one of my favorite ones so far. Oh, As I talked you. about my daughter playing futsal already with, with her club team, it's really a great game for development. It really love is. It. it really is. So once again, a big, big thank you to Allison Phillips in Everton and cameraman uh, Ben, was his name? Brian Ben. Brian Ben for stopping by from the Wisconsin Sports Group and the PFL Professional Futsal League. Check them out. Check us out on Facebook where? Uh, Two Up Front Soccer. Two Up Front. And you can follow us on Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer as well. Uh, for Simon Proven, follow him at Simon Proven. You can follow me at Baxter Colburn. Send us your predictions on Facebook. Yes, we love hearing from you. Uh, it's always a pleasure. And uh, Simon, you want to close out the show for us? Today? I'd love to. Folks, we got a new sign-off. We're really excited about this one. We're managed by the one above, and we are Two Up Front. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. ba ba ba